Hi everyone and welcome to Ray's World. Thanks for joining us for our second installment of our inaugural 2021 NHL season here. Tonight's game of the week was set to feature the fourth game of a four-game home-and-home set between the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche. But after being postponed due to COVID, we switched gears and bumped up our game of the week to Caps at Rangers. Before we get into the game, I just want to touch base on some of our picks and uh, players to watch from last week here. So in the last seven days, so I'm counting from Friday the 29th to, I guess, right before Thursday's games here on uh, February 4th. And I'm looking at the stats. Um, the first guy I pull up here was Jordan Cairo. Um, I, last I checked, he was about 59% owned in Yahoo, which is nuts to me because he's so hot right now and he's playing with that uh, Shannon Schwartz line and they're just dominating right now, five on five. Anyways, he had uh, three games played and he had two goals, three assists for five points. Then we have Ty Smith, D-man for the Devils. He's owned in about 44% of leagues on Yahoo right now. He had two games played and he ended up with a goal and assist for two points. It's too bad that uh, the Devils games got postponed there due to COVID. We could have seen some more action from him. Next up, we have the two Minnesota Wild teammates. Well, line mates, actually. Jordan Greenway and Joel Erickson-Eck. They are owned. Greenway's in 26% and Erickson-Eck 52%, a little higher there. Um, they had a massive game uh, on Saturday, or I think it was Sunday, actually, against the Avs. Uh, they both helped out on the OT winner. Anyways, three games. Greenway has gotten a goal and two assists for three points, and Erickson Eck had three games and he had two assists. And I just want to say that this line is like Felino's the other member of the line. He's been hurt. Um, I believe Hartman's been filling in, but they just grind teams five on five, and now they're starting to show that they can finish. And I think it's just look out that they're Minnesota's top line. They were matching them line for line with McKinnon before he got hurt, and that's just the type of players they are. Um, next on my list, I have. Alexander Romanov and Jesperi Kotkaniemi from the Habs. They are owned in 35% for Romanov and 11% for Kotkaniemi. Romanov had a tough, tough week. I think it was kind of his welcome to the NHL moment. He ended up getting scratched. I don't think it was as much a testament to his play, but just I think it would benefit him from watching. And I think he's the kind of guy that's he's a gamer. I mean, he's the first one on, last one off every Habs practice, it sounds like. And guy just loves hockey. So I think... Uh, He'll come back hungry. Kakaniemi had two assists in his three games played. Uh, I would like to see him capitalize more playing with Toffoli, but, uh, I mean, Kakaniemi to me is just the timing. It's just slightly off still, and he's only going to get better. Uh, he's still, like, learning how to – he's got stronger, and he's still learning how to use that strength, and it's just interesting to watch him mature as a player. Uh, I don't mind him still in season longs. I think he's going to develop and uh, prosper as the season goes on. But uh, be aware of the road bumps. I mean, he's 11% owned. It's not like it's a super popular ad. Um, anyways, Alexander Texier for Columbus, 16%. He had that shootout goal on Thursday, uh, right, I guess, during while we were recording our last episode. And it just shows, I mean, his ridiculous skill level and the talent he has he had six shots on sunday versus the hawks like he's he's all over the puck um not paying off though two games played zero points but he's getting time with line a now 
He's on that power play one, two. I mean, I think it's only a matter of time for Texie. I think his, his ceiling is definitely capped because he plays on a torts coach team. Um, I just think that they're more based on grit and grind and they're going to wear you down rather than put up a bunch of points. But he is a guy to watch on that team for sure. Then we had Miko Rantanen, three games played. He had a goal and an assist for two points. It obviously sucked that McKinnon got hurt. That obviously takes a little bit of the value away from Rantanen. But it also means that he show, can show that uh, maybe he can step up here. And the last guy was Joe Pavelski. Um, the guy has been on fire. Three games, three goals, two assists, five points. So he's up to seven goals and seven assists in seven games right now for 14 points. And I, like obviously he's not going to keep this up. He's Pavelski, but he is a heck of a player. And I, I really like what he does, especially on the power play in front of the net. He's an artist out there. Um, but yeah, so total wise for all the players I picked, uh, I think it was nine different players there. We have, uh, 24 games played eight goals, 13 assists for 21 points. I mean, the only players who didn't really perform as expected would be Romanov and Texier. Every other player had at least two points in their two to three games or whatever they got there. I mean, Texier got here a point on a shootout goal again. Like it, that was just nuts. And it just, Obviously, that's not that's a skills competition move, but he's got confidence and he's going to use that. Uh, Romanov touch based on him. Greenway, Smith, and Cairo are the takeaways here for me. All of them had a point of game or higher during this stretch. All of them have that pedigree of being a fairly high draft pick. Not like not they're not all first rounders even, but I just mean your top one or two picks in a draft and. I think that they're starting their games starting like Greenway, his game's really coming along. He he can take over games with his physicality and his his skill to match. Kairu's got the speed. Smith, he's a D-man we're learning a lot more about this season as it goes on, but uh he's impressed as well. Uh Pavelski, I got a note here on him, dominates with Sagan out. Like, yeah, he's just been on fire to start the year here. Last week's picks here we have. Uh Lock of the week, big money here. We have uh, Tampa Bay over Detroit on Wednesday. 5-1 Tampa win. Um, I mean, it was nice to go make the picks I made last week just to get my feet wet here. Um, hopefully, uh, I can add a little more into that segment here as, as the year goes on. So we had Tampa Bay over Detroit, 5-1 Tampa win. And then Sunday, we had St. Louis over Anaheim for a 4-1 win. Uh, Monday we had Vegas over San Jose was my pick and that game was postponed so nice uh nice 2-0 for Razor to start the season here now as we get into this third period uh let's give a brief overview of what's led us to this point Washington has been a bit inconsistent uh, so far this season but they're still finding ways to win as the puck's about to drop here in the third period of uh Washington at the Rangers and uh, while it seems as though the Rangers are coming on a bit lately, they're unbeaten in regulation the past three, including two of their three total wins. It's also a showdown between young goalies. Um, they've faced roughly the same amount of shots so far. I think the shots were about even 23-ish for both teams. And uh, we, get a, we get to watch this VTech Vanacek, who... Uh, <sighs> Second rounder from 2014, he's really coming on in this. He was a, supposed to be the backup, and then Samsonov actually uh, went on the COVID list, so he's kind of taken the job and ran with it. And he ends up being uh, NHL Rookie of the Month for January. 
And then on the other side, we got Igor Shesterkin, who was just unreal last year in the playoff round. And he's a, he's a 2014 fourth rounder, actually. But uh, he has not the greatest start. But uh, what do you think of these two goalies um, so far this season, Adam? Yeah, well, Vitek Banachek's a fun, fun name to say. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, two uh, young goaltenders looking to, um, you know, kind of prove themselves in the NHL. Um, Shesterkin, is, look, he's been playing the puck a lot tonight, and it looks like that that could be a strength for him. Yeah. Um, I always thought as a, as a goaltender, if you can just practice your um, puck handling skills, that'll put you ahead of a guy if you're even with him everywhere else. So For me, like, we... I like I love a goalie that can play the puck, but I don't I don't love like a Mike Smith kind of deal either. Totally, yeah. And there's they got to find the balance, but I mean he does look like a good puck handler anyways, and that's definitely an asset for him. Yeah, no, I think it'll hopefully he uh, develops into a good goaltender with with Hank being gone. Um, I actually saw a message or a Twitter Twitter video of Lundqvist, and he said he was doing good after his he had open heart surgery. You're saying? Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's good to hear. Yeah, it's good to hear. It's too bad because, like, this would probably be his uh, revenge game probably tonight. Yeah, yeah that would have been We were talking one. about earlier. But, no, I'm glad he's doing well. Um, sure. And then, yeah, Vanacek, who's kind of came out of nowhere. But, I mean, he was a second rounder, and he's just kind of rounding into his game. Um, what I was telling you earlier was just about how interesting how his peripheral stats, like goals against average and save percentage, look really good. But... Lots of the advanced stats kind of go against him, and but maybe not. I mean, it's it's also like the like I told you before that they were saying that the rebounds um, was a big stat for him that he lets up lots of rebounds. But I don't know. I think he's done pretty well tonight, anyways, from what I've seen. Like it, like you said, it's been a pretty sloppy game, but he's held his own for sure. I haven't really noticed him kicking out too many like in in tight situations or anything. But yeah, I he's, don't know. He's looked pretty good, pretty good here tonight. I don't know. There's been a lot of great scoring chances but um yeah with the rebound thing like you said um earlier too is that he's uh he's still a younger guy coming into the league so that could be something um that he's getting used to getting used to the shots a bit and that could improve there hasn't been many great scoring chances but i thought the caps had the worst start to the game like they just no energy and they they were like specifically sloppy i thought but yeah they've kind of lingered now and they're in this game yeah, yeah, they've managed to stick around, and um, they've had a few power play chances and haven't been able to score, and they were 40% on the power play coming into this game. Oh, yeah, that's what you were saying. That's nuts. Like, But, um, yeah, both teams have, they've. I guess you could you could call it good, peak, good penalty killing. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, so far, but, yeah. No, I think we were even saying that, like, the the caps, even on their power play, it seemed like, like the Rangers were really doing a good job of not letting them come into like the entries more so than actually like the in zone PK. And then on the flip side, we had the Rangers power play and we thought they looked stagnant because they weren't really moving the puck or Adam, you said they weren't moving too much. Oh yeah. Well, it just looked like, you know, they were trying to find Zabinijad um, through the seam there. Panarin was on the half wall, but he's trying to hit Zabinijad for the one timer, but they weren't really moving. So, um, uh, Washington was able to just kind of stand there and take away the lanes, but I think if they started cycling that puck around a bit, maybe and and switching places, they could get a yeah. scene. Yeah, and then even like they were playing when I what I noticed anyways, they were playing Panarin so tight, like 
they had the D-man kind of pinching up halfway there and then the forward on him. And it's just like, you almost, I think that was like a test run. Like, I'm curious to see what happens in the next power play for them because it seemed like they were still trying to force it to him. Yeah. But, and they could have maybe just played off Zabinajad on the other side and maybe got more movement that way. But I get what you're saying. Like, they needed to create something. Um, And Panarin, he tried to on the second power play in the second period, he tried to kind of, start moving around but they just they just couldn't get it going so i yeah. guess we'll see we'll see what happens here there's another power play well here's an odd man rush here oh Haglin still got some speed hey oh yeah and his his goal there he was driving that back post. yeah <laughs> just flying and then uh let's uh we had some points here we want to get into besides the game anyways our weekly topic one thing that uh i want to talk about last week and it kind of got pushed into this week was uh how philly was handling losing couturier for two weeks to start the season um we both me and I, me and abe both have like a i don't know we're not fans of philly but we have like an affinity for how philly's playing their style of play anyways it seems like and we're kind of attracted to that style but Anyways, Morgan Frost, they plug him in there for a game, and I actually really liked him. He played, like, I saw the first game he played with them um, this season, and he seemed like he was really actually buzzing and setting up plays. But then he gets hurt, and he ends up going to the IR. They move a guy like Lawton up, and, like, I don't know. if For those that aren't familiar with Lawton's game, he's just a, he's a dog on a bone out there. <laughs> That's I love watching. Like, you, I don't know. What, what do you got to say about Lawton, Adam? Do you, do you I, like watching him? Yeah, I, I love watching him. He just—he's always got this pissed off look on his face. But he's like—he's—he's just, he's just one of those guys that looks like he'd be a pain to play with, and uh, you know, he's kind of getting in your face. But he has some finish too, and he scored the overtime winner for them the other night in three on three. So he's—he's got to be a, a tough player to play against. And he—the fact that he can finish is an argument to move him up in the lineup. Actually, honestly, <clears throat> as you're speaking, Adam, this didn't really dawn on me earlier when we were kind of talking about this, but. We were talking about players similar to Sam Bennett's situation, and I don't want to put Lawton quite in that peg, but he was a first-rounder that was playing fourth line for quite a while, and he kind of has finally carved out a role for himself as like a, I don't know, he's a, he's a Swiss Army knife, I think, in that lineup. Like, he he plays, actually he plays mainly on the fourth line still as the driver of the line, but he'll now he gets the chance in the third line. I saw him, he played with Hayes a bunch last year. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's a guy you can kind of play anywhere. I, I like him with Hayes. They, they're, to me, they're just dynamite on the PK together yeah. um, when, when they get the chance. But uh, it's just interesting how he kind of rode out those tough years where maybe he thought he could have played. And it's a little different. He was drafted like later in the first round, but um yeah, that's it's interesting to compare him to the Bennett situation, and we can talk about that maybe after we talk about Philly a, a bit more. Yeah, about. yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, uh, and just a good uh, two-way player that has some finish. So. Yeah, and then uh, I, the thing I, that really interested me about the Couturier situation was I knew Philly had the offense to kind of back that up, but the tough part is on the, the two-way side of his game. I mean, it's, I felt like it was affecting their PK a bit. And uh, just, just he's a key face-off man in all situations. Um, the game I was watching, which I think I was checking in, but their PK was around 60%, which is, is not Ooh. great right now. But no. Oh, New York just, just scored here. Oh, I think my feed's a little my feed's slightly behind yours this time. Oh, did it, it got switched this time. Looks like Strom yeah. Strom scored here. Oh, here it is. Oh, Woo. 
great save by Shesterkin to get that started, and then they went the other way. Yeah, yeah. But no, what a, what a passing play there to for that goal. I mean, yeah, kind Strong, of tic tac toe, tic tac toe a bit. Strong kind of sets it up and then does the the back post drive as you mentioned. But uh, no, it's three one now. And honestly, I think I don't know from what I've seen so far that the Rangers deserve this game. But we'll see how it pans out. Anyways, back to Philly. I think um, what interested me too about this situation was not only were they down Couturier. But then AV, like their their coach Vigno, he 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 benches uh, Konechny, healthy scratches him, and he was their leading scorer at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, he seemed, I don't know, from what I see, what I, what I seen of him, he seemed like he was creating a lot of chances. And then this move actually leads to a win. So is it the right call? Is it the wrong call? I, I I'm not really sure. It was just an interesting play to me that you're already down, arguably your best forward. Yeah, and then you're willingly gonna like i don't know it's an interesting play for a guy like connecting to me because he is such he's an energizer too yeah, um, yeah. i always like connecting his game and yeah exactly he's an energizer bunny but and his skill level you know is obviously right up there but yeah anyways <laughs> philly they're seven two and one to open the season and i think like and they aren't even they're not playing 100 percent, not even near it i don't think like they're five on so. five play has been average and their special teams like their power play obviously is good but yeah i'm curious and then they get couturier back and then it kind of maybe it'll really all start clicking for them but uh yeah who who knows it's curious because another situation that pops up is the mckinnon just got hurt too and it's kind of the same thing it sounds like week to week um yeah yeah mckinnon looks like he's week to week right now yeah, so I'm kind of curious. Like now, Colorado's in that situation. I wonder how they're going to be able to f- fight off other teams in this in that sense. Yeah, that's true. And I guess you like your center depth in Colorado. You have Ka- so Kadri moved up. I'm assuming. Well, they actually they were playing Comfer. Comfer's their Swiss Army knife. Hey, they put him yeah fourth line to first line. It doesn't really matter, and they. Yeah. It seems like he gets the opportunities, and that kind of might be a good segue, actually, into uh, what you want to talk about here about Yost and Bennett, to be honest. Yeah, so um, like Tyson Yost, I think that's how you say his, pronounce his last name. I'm going off you there, Ray. Um, <laughs> St. Albert, so he's, yeah, he's an Alberta guy. He played in North Dakota and had 35 points in 33 games, and then he went straight to Colorado. And he was a 10th overall pick, but so far he only has 73 points over 219 NHL games in the last four seasons. Um, so, and just from watching him, um, it seems like he hasn't had much of an opportunity to play up in the lineup. And whenever I've watched Avs games, he's been on the fourth line. And um, to me, when I, when I watch him play, I see more, I see his speed and I see his shiftiness and he obviously has a bit of that offensive talent. So, I'm just curious why Colorado hasn't given him more of an opportunity. Um, and then especially especially now with McKinnon being out of the lineup, um, you have a guy that is 22 years old. He still has a chance to, uh, you know, to, I think to develop into an offensive player. So it'd be nice to see him get a shot. No, I definitely agree because I think like, I, like when, he, when he was getting drafted, like I remember in his draft year, everyone always said like, his ceiling might not have been as high, but he was like a very solid, like two-way player, like dependable player. Okay. And and he's really like, like to, and that's ridiculous to say because he was lead, like I think he was the leading scorer in the Holinka. He he was on the World Junior Team. Like it's not like he's any slouch offensively either. But yeah, um, just like potential wise, they just thought his game maybe wouldn't translate. But I don't know. It's interesting because 
he has thrived, I think, in this fourth line role. But it's I still think that he should be getting more ice time because, like you said, like now now you got Comfer who was maybe playing in the fourth or third line, and now he's moving up. Why don't you see what you got in Yost? Or, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a younger guy. I think with Comfer, you kind of know what you got, but with Yost, maybe there's some potential there. And he, but. It, so in saying this, he's getting 14 minutes of average ice time a game. So it seems like he's kind of really solidified himself in that um, bottom six role. He's, he's still getting lots of ice time. But his contract is up at the end of this year. So um, it'll be interesting to see, like, what kind of deal he gets or, you know, maybe the Avs get him on a pretty good deal and he ends up um, developing as he grows into his 20s here. I mean, he's 22, like you said, and he's still got a long way to go and, like, it's just we expect these kids to come up now and just dominate at such a young age, but it's, it might take us some some years for some of them to get accustomed to things, right? And definitely, and and so yeah. Then we mentioned uh, Sam Bennett earlier. Um, yeah, and so he's another high first round pick that hasn't got a ton of opportunity, I guess, to play up in the top six, but he also hasn't shown a lot offensively. Um, in the regular season. But anyways, he's asked for a trade from Calgary. It's an interesting situation because he was Bradtree Living's first ever draft pick. Um, although maybe yeah. that was more of a Berkey pick than a Tree Living pick. But um, but so you got to think he has some loyalty towards Bennett. But um, I don't know, like you kind of, I thought that was interesting that you compared him to Lawton because I think Bennett might have that kind of capability where he's shown that he has the ability to finish and, you know, if he can really thrive in that keep yeah. trying to thrive in that two-way role um and stay the, put in calgary i don't know what do you think? the most frustrating thing for me watching him is just the penalties he takes and like i don't know if it's like he's trying to be over aggressive or what it is and I, like he's like you said you gotta you gotta push those opportunities and try to find those spots where you almost deserve to get those opportunities and i i can't really say that i've seen a ton where I would be like, well, I would give him a spot with Johnny and Sean right now, or, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like he's kind of cemented in that spot now. Yeah. And interesting enough, last game, um, I think it was the first game, last game that the Flames played, I think it was the first game after he asked for a trade. Um, he got put on Monaghan and Gaudreau's line for the second and the third period of that game. And um, it was against Winnipeg. And I don't know if the Flames were just showcasing him or if they wanted to. Maybe they were giving him that opportunity, but um, I didn't. I didn't think he looked excellent out there. Just kind of a, you know a few turnovers and wasn't clicking yeah. clicking with those guys. So maybe um, a change of scenery w- would be good for everyone. But it's it's gonna. I think it's a tough tough to get a lot back from him at this point. So. Yeah. No. I think I think we're both on the same page where it's like change of scenery probably is the play. Sam Bennett's point of view, like. I feel like he's kind of going to be battling for those same middle six minutes maximum on any team in the NHL. It's not like the Flames are um, the deepest team. One other thing I wanted to say about Bennett was the now he's healthy scratch tonight. And oh, I don't know. Have you seen anything? I haven't seen anything. But oh, that's interesting. I I wasn't even I wasn't paying attention to the Flames tonight. Um, oh man, I think I'm. Did I miss a goal? Three two. Yeah, Washington scored. I missed it too. <laughs> <laughs> too much Sam Bennett. Too much. Oh, no. Getting me all heated. Yeah. I don't know. What I really wanted to talk about actually this week was the Penguins GM search. Okay. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add, but I just want to say, like, how did John Ferguson Jr. 
Like, I mean, how did they get? How did they get these short lists of, of guys? Like, it was like Chirelli, John Ferguson Jr., <laughs> and like it's like these guys all have had these chances and yeah, and failed. Like, is there not like someone up and coming? Like, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that there's it's the same old things, and then they wonder why they don't work out. I think like if I'm a team, especially like Pittsburgh, they need to jumpstart their their franchise and i don't know if it's with a young guy but i think it should be like i don't know if john ferguson jr is that guy i, I like the ad of chris jury he sounded like he was in the conversation yeah and i th- um, i think he's yeah. out now though i think he said he wanted to stay in new york oh chris really jury, yeah. yeah he he's really like uh he's really like bided his time with new york and i'm sure he's passed up a few jobs because of it but i bet he just wants that job well, you got a lot of young, exciting players in New York, and I feel like oh, yeah. it feels, you know, I think you get more satisfaction if you've been there from the start of the start of the rebuild. Yeah, no, it just it just was really wild to me that they're going from Rutherford, who his last few years it seemed like lots of his deals were very questionable, and on top of that, they're just another older experienced guy that has all this experience and now they're looking at guys exactly like him kind of i don't know yeah exciting to see who ends up there i don't know yeah no i know i'm not really like too like into many gm searches but when peter Torelli's name got thrown out there i was just like <laughs> who who out like who weren't they talking to if that's yeah i don't know I'm, i don't know i thought Torelli just keeps getting hired and like, i don't know it's it's interesting <laughs> It is interesting. Um, and then to get into the North division here, we have uh, first off the Flames. Um, I think like after watching them play Saturday against Montreal, like last Saturday, Markstrom is just unreal and he's he's looking good. Yeah, He's been their best player, I think. And then Johnny's heating up. Um, I think they're only going to get better with Dubé back too. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Yeah, I hope the Flames get going. It's just, it just seems kind of that 500 hockey that the Flames can play right now. But um, yeah, like you're right, Dubé was looking good in that top six, and, and hopefully he can keep contributing as he comes back now. But uh, it's interesting because I I made these power rankings, and it was so hard to make like those like the middle, the middle yeah. of the division was so hard. I don't know. I we'll at, get into that in a bit. Yeah. Well, I just I looked at your power rankings, and I was going to make my own, and I. And then I was like, I don't know if I, I think I'm just going to have the same as you. Like it's, it is really tough to kind of rank those, the Jets, Oilers, Flames. Oh, yeah. yeah. To make it even funnier. I actually, I had it different. I changed it just this morning after (laughs) having it, having it the same for like two weeks. And I didn't even get into it last week. (laughs) Game time decision. (laughs) Yeah. Game time decision. So we'll see how that plays out. But anyways, Edmonton Oilers, um, their power play starting to heat up, and it seems like the common denominator, if your power play's hurting, is the play Ottawa Senators. <laughs> and I guess I'll kind of just say, like, Oilers and Canucks, both power plays were kind of struggling, and then they go to Ottawa and just light it up. And that's kind of segues into my next Ottawa. Um, they're starting to really get blown out of games. Like, have you... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because they're playing the Habs right now and they're winning. Oh, um, so it's kind. Of, I haven't seen any of that game, but it's just like what has happened. Like they have looked so bad this season, but I think it's because there's only one, only room for one hog in this league, and <laughs> I think uh, Nils Hoglander he he's gonna be the last hog standing because 
Mark like Hogberg in net there for Ottawa. I don't know. He has been unsteady all season. Oh yeah. And it's I don't know if you saw that picture of someone took a picture of zoomed in of him in the crease and there's a guy coming in on the on his glove side and he is like half his body is out of the <laughs> Yeah, I did see that. Just a question mark. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know what do we do here. Like Murray's been just as bad. I'm not like I don't know. It, I think it's their D to be honest. I I'm not really I don't like scapegoating the goalies and I think a lot of it is from their defense. I mean, they don't exactly have like I like Shabbat and I like some things that Otto was doing, but I think they're as bad as everyone thought they'd be as I guess how's it going to end it. You hear it all the time. Like you're not going to have your A game every game, but you better have a good B game. And like, that's just what it comes down to. The team like Ottawa is going to lose some games that they probably should have won because they outworked the team. And then they're going to lose some games just because the other team's better. Like other teams better yeah. than them. Well, uh, yeah, I saw the one, the one Twitter on Twitter there that it said they need to start making a stat to get um, games against Ottawa left because basically, <laughs> basically tap in, tap in wins. Yeah, so. no, I know. I saw that. Yeah. And I've, I've, people are saying they don't think they'll get the 10 wins. Uh, like it's just yeah. like everything's kind of tailspin right now for them. But yeah. I think it was also like not like they're expecting or trying to lose, but they have a lot of young players. Like it's going to be – they knew it was going to be a tough goal this year. For sure, yeah. It's, it's not, a, not a surprise or anything, so. Yeah, and then uh, the other other teams here, I have the Habs. Um, PK has six goals now. Like, I don't know if this stat is still as accurate, but it says that it was more than 11 teams have power play goals. So what? That's just not... <laughs> they have six short-handed goals. Six short-handed goals. goals, okay. Oh, so they almost... Yeah, they're catching... <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> Holy... But uh, that ties their total from last season already, and it's just... I don't know. I, I, I You can't... It, rely on that it's not going to continue but it's just a funny stat right now it's star power in this league right it, i don't know suzuki's unreal though and i love watching him play so yeah and then you got obviously got to mention the foley's hot start too which um yeah he's been a key, well that's just, a key so they just have like they have that deno line it's it's just like that carries over from the last few years of just driving like they've always been a great five on five line and then that's like getting your third matchups now so they're just a deep team right yeah and, yeah, lots of depth. Depth is key, as you, as you said. And then we got the Leafs. Uh, they're winning, but I think they're kind of struggling on defense. Anderson's stats aren't the greatest, like his preferring numbers anyways. I don't know. I, I, I'm i always kind of down on the Leafs, so what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, it's, it's the Leafs. Like, um, They got Simmons on the second line right now. Do they? Well, Thornton's out, but Simmons has been hot. Yeah, yeah. We talked about him last episode, too. He's... Yeah, good shot of a rocket. That's good to see. I love the way that that guy plays. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's on PP one. Yeah, yeah. He's sitting in front of the net, getting tipping goals. Oh yeah, and then little... we got uh, Vancouver. Um, they starting to get their confidence back. It seems like, but at the same time, um, they do struggle five on five. This is a power play team, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, yeah, Pedersen's goal on the power play. I think it was last night. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah. Yeah, a lot, some skill in the power play. Um, They're starting to feel it. He's starting to get more confident now. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's going to be really tight in the middle, you know, the Vancouver, Calgary, maybe Winnipeg, Edmonton in there. Like, uh, I think. Yeah. Things... Okay, well, I got one more point and then we'll get into the power rankings. I know you want to talk about them. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we got the Jets. Um, 
I, I just I've been kind of down on Wheeler's five on five play too. A lot of people have been. He has like almost a point a game though, and I like how Maurice had to defend him. I don't know if you saw I didn't um that press conference. Yeah, I guess he was getting fired up about about Blake Wheeler. He just loves Blake Wheeler and <laughs> He's, I don't know, he's a player's coach, I guess. You can't expect anything less. But, uh, okay, Ray's North Division power rankings. Here we go. Here we go. So, I don't know. I got Habs here first. Like, obviously, I don't know. I just, I love them, and they're playing well. Leafs, too. This this is where it got tricky. (laughs) Flames, three, I got because they have played way less games. They played, like, three or four less games than the Oilers. And they're still like in the mix. They're Jets and then Oilers. So that's the one that I switched. I had Oilers, Jets, but it's actually Jets four, Oilers five, Canucks six, Sens seven. That's what I got them as. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you. I think you might ruffle some feathers with that Oiler and Canucks ranking, but um, I agree with you. Well, I don't know. I I just it's so tight. The, it oh, is. We got to fight here. Oh yeah. Game's over, and we got to fight. Wilson. Oh, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan's been oh. looking good too. He uh, looks a lot faster than he has in, in previous years, and now he's having a real good fight. Who's fighting him here? Okay, I see what's going on here. Oh, guys, Lemieux. Oh, Lemieux, Lemieux in the mix. Eh? <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, they didn't like. It looked like Vanacek hit him, but he tripped over his. Oh I yeah, know. I don't know why. Just Lemieux. Okay. Anyways, I'm gonna get into um, my players to watch for the upcoming week here. Okay. So I got Miles Wood and Jesper Bratt. Um, thirteen percent and two percent own. Jesper Bratt's only two percent owned right now, and he's not a very household name. But uh, Wood, I'll get into. He's a he's a power forward. Um, he doesn't do a ton of hitting. He's not. A, he's not super gritty, but he works his tail off. He's a big body. He can fly. Um, he's getting some power play looks this year. Bratt is high skill, high speed, and uh, he troubled with injuries last year. But he's playing with Hughes and. Hughes, I don't know if anyone's seen Hughes this year, but he's been pretty nasty. And um, I think uh, I like Bratt as a consistent spot there. I know they had um, they had Paul Mary there for a bit, but it seems like that's not really working out. And Sharon Govich and Brad have kind of been alternating. Um, if I was Lindy Ruff, I'd be playing Wood with Hughes and Brat, but I think they like Wood on his own line because he can kind of drive a line by himself. He's that, that he's just a presence out there. He's big and he's fast. Yeah, I'll get into Carter Verhaeg. I not really Verhage. I'm not really sure how to say his name, but he's 23% owned. Uh, he's playing with Barkov. He's a former top goal scorer, most points in the AHL. Um, he was mainly getting fourth line minutes in Tampa before he came to Florida this year. Now he's on the first line. He's starting to produce. I think I, I like him kind of just as he stays hot. It, it all depended on him playing with Barkov at this point. I have Barkov's old teammate, Vinny Trocek and Martin Nakash for, uh, Carolina. And uh, Trocek's at 43%. Nakash is at 8%. So this is two-thirds of the Kane's second line. Uh, they're starting to heat up. Nakash is a 12th overall pick from just a few years ago. He's 22. Um, he's gaining more confidence. He's pretty pretty soft hands out there. Trocek is actually someone who's mainly injured or seemingly playing through injury the past few years. 
but he's put up 75 points just a few seasons ago and he's driving his line. Uh, he's on PP one. I really like his seasonal season long outlook. Um, definitely more than Nikosh if he can stay healthy anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's PP one. He's, he's, um, kind of taken over from geo right now, maybe in, in terms of the top team and at the start of the season, but, uh, maybe, maybe a bit quick for him to kind of take over that top role, but I think he's going to develop yeah. to, to a good player. Could I add uh, a player to watch in there? Oh, yeah. It yeah. was uh, yeah, Jonas Brodeen, and um, yeah, 16% owned. Um, and I just noticed him in the last Colorado mini game, and he looks fast, and he was rushing the puck. And six points in 11 games this season, um, plus two rating. He's getting over 23 minutes of ice time. Um, and he's a leading scorer for defensemen on their team right now. And it looks like Matt Dumba is going to be out uh, long-term yeah. with a lower body injury. So um, it kind of looks like that puts him in like that third spot for their team. So, um, you know, he might have a kind of a breakout offensive season this year. It's interesting because I see you have here, like he's 27. Um and uh, I've always liked him, um, and uh, he actually stands out. He's a very smooth skater. Um, I think what's holding him back is they've always kind of played Dumba ahead of him in those offensive roles, and then you got Spurgeon ahead of him in that offensive yeah. role, and then they also are paying Suter a ton of money. So yeah. it's like he's kind of getting not sheltered, but almost like behind the scenes. But I, he's a guy I've always thought that I wanted Montreal to target when I was hearing mm. that Minnesota D-men were available kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it's interesting for sure that he's having this offensive breakout now at 27. Yeah, yeah, it is. So oh, something to watch anyways. So getting into my picks, um, I have, uh, I thought I'd expand a bit after starting the season 2-0. and I mean, it was, I picked some pretty easy games last week, I'll be honest. Um, so here we go. We got Friday, um, Vegas over LA for Moneyline. <clears throat> and then I want to do a, if you were looking to do a parlay on Friday, I actually like Tampa versus Detroit again. That's a lock. Um, Vegas versus LA. I think it's worth keeping an eye on who's starting for the Kings. But regardless, I feel like you got to go Vegas here. Um, that Cal Peterson has been really good as the backup for the Kings and quick has kind of struggled. And I think Peterson's going to take over that role probably as soon as this year anyways. And then uh, ducks versus San Jose. I like ducks at home with Gibson and net. It's kind of uh, an oddball of the group. I, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not uh, encouraging betting on the ducks by any means, but that's who I would pick on this slate for sure. Um, Saturday, I have Montreal over Ottawa for my puck line and lock of the week. Ooh. What do you like? What do you think of that one, Adam? I don't know. I think that's a revenge game after this game. Yeah, I mean, you got to think you'd be pretty safe with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, weekend parlay. I figure Saturday. I also like uh, Islanders at home against Pittsburgh. They haven't been playing great, to be honest, but I like their forecheck against, like, Pittsburgh's pretty banged up on the back end, and I think that they can take advantage of that. And then we got Leafs versus Vancouver. Um, we get a sneak peek of this tonight. I think the Leafs, last I saw, were up. Um, but if Holby's in net, I expect more of the same. I think the Leafs are just going to overpower Vancouver. Um, Sunday, Minnesota over Arizona money line, and that's going to be postponed. But then I got Sunday again, Dallas over Chicago. 
Chicago's winless on the road so far, and Dallas, I feel like they're still hot from last year. That like... Radulov Ben Pavelski line, they are looking real yeah. good to start the season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then they also, like, they got those young guys, too. It's a, They have a pretty good lineup, and Sagan's not even playing oh, yet. Yeah. yeah, they do. And then uh, I also have Tuesday, Vegas over Anaheim. Uh, got to take Vegas at home here against the tough Anaheim squad. And then other games to watch. So Friday, so tomorrow, we got Boston at Philly. After that game on uh, Wednesday, I expect that one to be pretty heated, actually. And I think it's going to go um, be another tight one between those two teams. And then we got Saturday, obviously, Battle of Alberta, the first Battle of Alberta. How how you feeling about that one? Adam? Oh, I'm fired up for that one. That'll, uh, yeah, <laughs> always exciting. Sparks could fly. Oh, yeah, Sparks could fly yeah, for they, sure. You probably will. Monday, the lesser-known Battle of New York. We got the Islanders at the Rangers. I think that's also a big game because both those teams are kind of... I, I don't know. Like Rangers are definitely struggling, but now now they just won but uh, 4-2 tonight. But uh, the Islanders, I know they, they're not happy with their game. And then Wednesday, we got Toronto at Montreal, a rematch of opening night, and uh, it's in Montreal this time. And then uh, next episode's Game of the Week, we got uh, February 11th. Um, me and A kind of picked this out. Uh, Carolina at Dallas, 6.30 Mountain Time. Um, I don't know. I, I like both those teams uh, throughout the season. I think it, they're two of the better teams in that division. Um, and I'm interested to see how their styles kind of clash. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see too. I haven't watched a lot of uh, Carolina so far and with Dallas being being so yeah. hot here, yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch that one. I'm also looking to add possibly some clips in midweek as far as fantasy updates and players. So if anyone wants to send in some fantasy questions or lineup decisions, our DMs are definitely open, and we are looking forward to hearing from you. Um, so yeah, that's about it, Adam. Uh, yeah, we'll catch everyone next. Thanks week. Thanks for listening, uh, everyone, and yeah, catch you next week.